one shot at the title. What knockers! <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> roll, roll, roll and see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, up. let's do it. I just had a really weird, weird thought. You ever see the movie Clerks, or maybe it was oh, Clerks yeah. 2, or mm-hmm. one of the other offshoots? There's the one where Jay and Silent Bob do the song out front, and it turns into Jungle Love by the time, <laughs> yeah. and they want to like <laughs> beat right. up a little preteen because he doesn't know who the time is, and he calls Purple Rain gay. You could <laughs> sing that song, which goes, fuck, fuck, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck. Mother, mother, fuck. <laughs> noidge, noidge, noidge. Yeah. Drinking beers. Do it. Yeah, everyone knows the song. So I just, A, want to get the swearing out of the way early, <laughs> although there may be more swearing later. But also, it goes perfectly with that song right there, a reenactment of Peter Gum with Art of Noise featuring Dwayne Eddy. This is episode 71 of The Brian Oak Show. Where are we? We're in South Minneapolis. We are at, well, just south of 48th and Chicago, Parkway Theater, other lovely locations around here, and we are beginning to record episode 71 of The Brian Oak Show. So, and oh, here we are also at the Smart Start MN studio, but I really want to thank our Patreon members. You know, it's with how weird everything has been for, my God, has it been half a year, four months, three months? I think we're going on six years right Jesus now. That's God. what it feels like. It feels like it's been going on for fucking ever. The fact that our sponsors are still with us and our Patreon members have stayed loyal, I cannot thank you enough because this is something I love to do. And without you, we cannot do it. If you are listening now, have not listened before, or never gone to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show. That is O-A-K-E, all one word. We could use your support. Then it will not knock you out financially. I'm not going to play any Sarah McLaughlin song, songs and show you like pictures of starving animals. You're not? You ever see those ASCPA commercials? Oh, fuck. I can't handle them. Oof. I got to turn the channel. I'm one of those guys. I can't handle it. I'm I gotta... not even a dog guy, but I, when I watch how people can ignore or, or just not even abuse a dog, just forget that it's there and leave it chained Neglect. to a post for... It turns my effing stomach. I'm more of a cat guy, but you know what, dogs? There's no reason to hurt them. I, from what I understand, they're fairly loyal, and, and they're and not they're too pretty tough good. to take care of either. That's the other thing. It's like how fucking tough is it to feed a dog and to take it out to go do its business? Oh, it depends on the size of the dog. Though. That's you know, true. The and the do- size of the business. The only, that's what I was going to say. The only <laughs> dog I've ever really wanted is Nikita, which is uh, sort of the Japanese equivalent of a German Shepherd. They were bear hunting dogs. Wow. They're gorgeous. The lines on them are unbelievable. But I had a friend who had Nikita, and A, they're relatively aggressive, and B, he once had to put both hands in a bread bag to pick up the business behind the Akita. That's a large bread bag that's like mm, a, a hefty cinch sack you know what i'll do now i'm going to carry this around for two hours mm, you can really feel the heat coming off this one <laughs> my name is brian oak that is sean bernard we are going to get to today's guest momentarily we're also going to mention our sponsors who again as i said have been stalwart and fine audioquip.com is who i want to mention right now before we get to our first song because audioquip makes their bread and butter renting high-end audio equipment to artists ted talkers whoever, you know, anybody who's making a presentation. And right now, I mean, like everybody else, their already thin margins are sort of vanishing. And so audioquip.com, if you decide you're going to do a remote event, if you decide that you're going to do a socially distant event and you need audio equipment, please talk to our friends at Audioquip because they hooked us up with all these gorgeous microphones and soundboard and computer. They basically... Without them, the Brian Oak Show does not exist, which now is leading certain people to believe, like, well, maybe we should bomb that place. 
That's if, negative. If, if, if they're gone, maybe then the Brian Oak show will stop. Let's not put that juju out there. Okay, you're right. You're right. Also, <laughs> but please, book book in advance. Like, even if you know it's something coming up six months, nine months from now, they're... There's nothing happening for them right now because of fucking COVID-19. So please, Correct. even if you're planning something for November, December, January, February, book something with Audio Equip and get your stuff together with them. Please, please, please support them as they've supported us. As we've mentioned on many previous shows, they're not only qualified and technically apt and have good equipment. They're also really, really good people. Sean and I made the decision early on early on that we're not working with fuck faces. We're just we're not besides each other. Well okay, okay. Other (laughs) than each other, we're not working with fuck faces. Do you realize in the first five and a half minutes of this show, you and I have both sworn uh, somewhere between fifteen and twenty times? We need a swear jar in here. Oh, We'd be rich. We would <laughs> Wait, be yeah, we rich. keep the money. We put it in the jar, but we keep the money. Wait I a like minute. It. That sounds... What kind of clubhouse is this? Hmm. Anyway, uh, coming up next, we are going to talk to one of my favorite people in the Twin Cities who I have not seen face-to-face in a very long time. I used to see him face-to-face all the goddamn time. Maybe a little too much, some would say. Uh, he's the guitarist for Dillinger 4. He is the best bartender in the Twin Cities, in my humble opinion, when it comes to a combination of knowing how to pour a drink and also putting the right things up on the monitors at the bar. That's an important part of doing some day drinking and killing a few hours. Uh, Billy Morissette is going to be joining us here momentarily. But before we talk to him about a lot of different things, I want to hear something that he and I, I know, both love. He's seen this band many times. I, unfortunately, have never seen this band. And this is by no means their most popular song. Got a little play on MTV. But for me, growing up, I remember sitting in front of the Atari 2600 playing Pitfall. And this record, it was the only cheap trick record I owned, one-on-one, and we played it. I played it over and over. Oh, pause the game, get up, flip the record. I would listen to it five times in a row. So let's do a little cheap trick as we get into episode 71 of The Brian Oak Show.
spring of 1982, a young Mr. Oak did not have a girlfriend yet and had an Atari 2600 and a copy of Cheap Tricks one-on-one. While by no means their most successful or popular album, I spent more time with that than any other Cheap Trick album, and I'm not mad about it. I threw it on the other day, and it entirely held up. Cheap Trick is one of the greatest bands, American, upper Midwestern, certainly, power pop bands that ever existed and the reason i played that song is because the person i'm about to say hello to i know he feels the same way that would be one billy morris said how are you billy i am fantastic and i'm happy to be back here in the smart start studio with you guys cheers very um, lovely to have you and here. i'm wildly excited to be kicking this off with a little cheap trick i agree just one of the premier american rock and roll bands um, straight out of Rockford, Illinois, you know, in the yep. mighty Midwest. Exactly. Um, they've been doing it since, what, mid-70s, and they're still on the road. Well, not at this moment, unfortunately. Of but, course. Um, in the grand scheme of things, still on the road to this day. Um, and it shows, you know, every time you go see that band, I mean, they post their set lists um, on their fan page, on their website, and you can see every night they change it up. I mean, they're not a band that goes out with, like, a show. They, they are right. going deep. They're pulling out crazy cuts. They're pulling out... You know, weird covers. I remember the last time they played the State Fair, they broke out, like, Velvet Underground covers with Tom, the bass player, singing, you know, just um, always doing kinds of crazy stuff and just always absolutely nailing it. What a phenomenal, phenomenal band. How many times? So I, unfortunately, because I'm an idiot, have never seen Cheap Trick live, even though I've loved them since I was a young man. How many times do you think you've seen Cheap Trick? Uh, Maybe, like, eight that's a good amount, yeah, man. They, yeah. I mean, think about how many other bands you've seen eight times. Right. Even if you're a guy who goes out all the time or a woman who goes out all the time, eight times is a dedication. You know, when you talk about how they've gotten better every year, the, that, the band that makes me think of is the band X, the legendary oh. Los Angeles band, because they were the first band I ever saw on the First Avenue Main Room, 1984, 85, somewhere in there, and... Everyone was shitty drunk, right? And Billy Zoom was a complete monster back then. And then, as as they got back together, and I've watched them over the years, I've seen them probably seven or eight times. And, you know, it turns out when you sober up and you focus and you practice, you can actually do pretty well at your own songs. Uh, me and my band wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Dillinger 4. So, I mean, I know that Dillinger 4 doesn't tour massively or constantly anymore, but also, summertime is when you still get out and make some hay, right? And so your band is on lockdown like every other damn band is. Is that terrible? It, it is. I am chomping at the bit to both play and go see live music. Um, I think it's the right thing to do. You know, it's uh, it's not the right time to be in crowds mm-hmm. right now. And I know there are people trying to do, like, outdoor, like, socially distant shows. I've heard about drive-in shows and whatnot. Um, I just would wish that everybody would take this seriously so we can get this shit done and and get back to enjoying some live music and you know Mike is playing it too because I I certainly miss the hell out of it. Let me ask you one last question before we get to a couple of our sponsors. You know, a lot of people are doing live streams. In fact, a week from Saturday I'm going to be part of one emceeing an event just a couple doors down from here at the Parkway Theater. Um when you play live I mean, especially knowing about Dillinger 4 and who Dillinger 4 is. I mean, punk rock is energy, right? Absolutely. It's attitude. It is love. But it's also energy. Like, you know, is it if you could do a live streaming show, but there was no circle pit in front of you, would you want to do it? Would it be the same show for you? I don't think so. I think Dillinger 4 is just not that band. Right. Um, this is the same reason that for years and years and years, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even consider outdoor shows. Um, you know, back then, you know, we've been a band for... A quarter century now right. back then uh you know we didn't like the sound but but we didn't like the atmosphere like we're a band that belongs in a basement or a dark dingy room with people jammed right up next to us and you know feeding off of each other and um you know it's only in the last like several years really that we've even kind of allowed ourselves to do outdoor shows and now we're okay with it um i think you know outdoor sound technology has got a lot better you know you can hear the bands but i still prefer a dark dingy room with Bodies flying everywhere and people in your face and you're getting hit with, you know, beer and who knows what and the mic stand <laughs> smashes your face. And I mean, those those are the kind of shows that I enjoy playing the most. That's why to this day, I mean, the entry is is one of my very, very favorite rooms to both see bands and, you know, play in, in, in the entire world, quite that, frankly. That's what I mean is like that feedback loop. Like when people are losing their minds in front of you, even if they knock your mic stand into your teeth and it hurts. 
you're fucking rocking. And it, 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 that's punk rock, man. Like, let's let's all lose our minds. Let's not be jerks. But let's, you know, occasionally you're going to come home with the bruise when you go to a punk rock show. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's funny you bring that up. Like, we uh, we just did, since there was no D4th of July this year, you know, typically we do a Dillinger 4th of July show around the 4th of July. It's mm-hmm. been going about 18 years. Obviously, that was not happening this year. So what we did is um, we released on Bandcamp. Bandcamp was doing one of their days where they give all the profits to artists. And so we released uh, what we called the end. It was um, the last show at the Triple Rock. We had it. We had it mixed. Wow. Um, it sounds great. We put it up for one day uh, with a one day only limited T shirt. We put up some old Triple Rock shirts where all the proceeds. We raised a couple grand. All the proceeds from that were donating to, into charities into rebuilding Minneapolis. Um, and in, in in that performance, there's a bit you can hear Patty like talking about his two chip teeth going from uh, <laughs> from the shows he's been at and how uh, someone just gave him a third one. <laughs> and again, I don't advocate chip teeth or people being jerks, but I've been to I've been in more than a few circles, and you know you you let go, and sometimes you go down and bonk your head, but then you suddenly have three sets of hands on you pulling you right back up. Do you remember and- the first time that ever happened? Like I remember being a kid. The first time that happened to me, and just the the sense of community and camaraderie. Like, I mean, it makes you feel inv- invincible and yes. part of something bigger and like, God, plus damn, the music's like, loud and it's going right. so fast. And no, I remember the it's, first time it, I went down hard, I was terrified. I was some square ass 15 year old from Coon Rapids. I went down hard right. and, you know, like either he caught my foot or somebody hit me a little too hard. And immediately there were three sets of hands on me, which is why I said that I was standing right back up and it taught me a lesson in two seconds that you know what, this is fun, it's a little chaotic, it's a little violent, it's maybe not safe, but we, if we watch out for each other and aren't dicks to each other, yeah, I, I always think, as, as, as silly as it sounds, um, Kevin Seconds of Seven Seconds, Absolutely. if we can walk together, rock together, why can't we walk together? Phenomenal. And goddamn, that seems like a song to play today, but we're not going to. <laughs> we're about to get to the Charlie Daniels Band, as you recommended here in one moment. But first, we do have to mention Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means that they can put a breathalyzer in your car, and maybe you're like, oh. <gasps> Clutching your pearls and thinking, why would I ever need a breathalyzer in my car? Well, I hate to break it to you. People drink and drive. Maybe not you. Maybe not your immediate loved ones. But I'll bet your creepy Uncle Larry did. Uh, Oh, yeah. And maybe he didn't get busted. But, I mean, people drink and drive. They don't always make good choices. Even with all the other choices that are out there, it will continue to happen. So, let's say it happens to you. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be a drag. It's going to be a bummer. These people are not here to judge you. They are here to actually get you back into your vehicle sooner and more easily and, frankly, less expensively than I would have ever guessed possible. And you got to keep driving, right? You have to keep taking, well, not these days so much, but you do at some point are going to have to continue to get the kids to school, to get your own butt to work, to, I don't know, take them to throwing star lessons. What you do is you take the kids to the front door of where the throwing star lessons were and you drop them off and you go back home. And the kids will just have to learn that the door is locked. But mom and dad need a break. We need a break from the kids. Why, oh, was that locked? Why don't you kids go down to the park and practice with your throwing stars on the tree? Been there. Smart. Smart. SmartStartMN.com. Also, Sean, I would like to mention you. Uh, Sean Bernard is my friend, my business partner, the producer of this show, uh, and also a realtor for Edina Realty at the 50th and France location. What's it like right now? It's actually, uh, June was up considerably over uh, May, which was kind of surprising, but uh, my business has been steady, which I'm very, very thankful for. I've had friends reach out that, I think I'd planned a while ago to move. A friend of mine uh, right now, she and her husband and their two little ones are trying to move into their forever home as the boys go on into uh, elementary school. So they're in Crystal. Their house goes on the market on Thursday. Nice little four-bed, two-bath place over there. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going to move a little bit closer to where they want to spend the next 20 years of their life. So if if you're in that planning stage, give me a call, 612-859-2594. I've got a friend, one friend. That's going to move next summer, and then a fr- mutual friend of ours that's moving two years from now. I'm happy to talk to you about planning it uh, and kind of getting everything in order to be able to see what needs to be done to the house, et cetera, et cetera. But 612-859-2594. And although the warming house is currently closed, and they're actually closing their current location, 
they are going to, yeah, they're closing their current location wow. and uh, they're trying to find a new location that is more handicap accessible, right. that that maybe is a little bit bigger space and that could possibly serve uh, drinks as well. But uh, anyway, I will still do those memberships and the donation to them if you buy or sell with me. I love doing some drinks, and one of the reasons I like to have Billy Morris set in here at least once a month, because, you know, our plan was, before the whole world went upside down, was to have you come by and bring a signature cocktail once a month. You know, we do nine shows a month, basically, on average, and making sure there's a little day drinking on one of them each month seems very reasonable to me. That does not seem too too insane. And so we're going to talk about that drink in a minute, but first, I want to hear another song. Um, and this guy, it the world gets complex, right? Yes. I grew up loving this guy. I once took a copy of my mom's cassette of Mac Davis, Baby Don't Get Hooked on Me. And I, <laughs> That's I, a great I, jam. I, baby, it, baby, not terrible. But I, I, I didn't care at that point. At that age, I put tape over the tabs, and I put it in the stereo, and then I would listen to the pop station. And every time the devil went down to Georgia, I would hit play record so i literally <laughs> filled a 90 minute tape on two sides just over and over the devil went down to <laughs> oh Fantastic. my god i remember those days sitting there with a handheld paper cord listening oh, yeah. to the radio yep. so you could get your jams yep, yep. Totally. and uh, so again i so i don't go real deep on charlie daniels and unfortunately in later years he became something of a right-wing lunatic he took a hard right turn he really really <laughs> yeah. did and, and it, it's fine to have conservative views but he he became a racist birther whatever Prior to that, however, you, you talk about fiddle players and you talk about the handful of true country artists that help country cross over to the mainstream. He's absolutely in that conversation. Oh, absolutely. If you want to talk about crossover, I mean, as the record we're going to hear came out in, I think, 73. And I mean, it's just an incredible blend of country bluegrass. I mean, Southern rock. 73 Skinner's first record came out that year, too. And I right. don't know if one would have existed uh, without the other. I mean, the song we're going to listen to has insane flamenco guitars. You know, he was an incredible player. And, yeah, you want to talk about changing his ideology. I mean, don't forget, you know, Charlie Daniels, he played on three Dylan records. You know, he mm -hmm. was on Nashville Skyline. He, was, he played on Leonard Cohen records. He played fucking Jimmy Carter's Inauguration. Right, and, you know, and there's, there's no question he was wildly popular right. and also exceptionally talented if you go back. So in later years, for us loony libs, he became a little untenable, at least for me. I'm speaking for myself. For sure. But, I mean, I the day he died, which was very recently, uh, died at the age of 83. Devil went down to Georgia, is what everyone knows, but I worked at the record store, and I played a Charlie Daniels record. I, I love the music of Charlie Daniels, so... Well, that brings up a whole other thing, like cancel culture and where do we draw the line? Oh, and yeah. Separating the art from the artist? Yeah, that's a, oh. that's a big conversation. Well, it's a big conversation that we're going to have about Dillinger 4 coming up next, because <laughs> there are some assholes in that band. <laughs> you don't got to tell me. <laughs> There's a wind blowing free With two eyes like firebrands A glow in the night Somewhere up there he's waiting for me And he knows that I'm coming for him I just can't rest till I find That raven black stallion Who wears no man's brand With a wild restless spirit like mine And you're just exactly like me. 
died yesterday morning, uh, which, again, at the age of 83, that means you've had a pretty good run. And I'm not saying he lived Johnny Cash hard, Will right. and Jennings hard, but I'm betting somebody who came up through the country scene, through the golden age of Nashville, and then was just a touring dog for four to five decades, I'll bet you did some hard living in there. I think he's, uh, you know, been in the shit. <laughs> a little moonshine. <laughs> Charlie Daniels passed away yesterday morning at the age of 83, and I've never heard that song before. Uh, as you mentioned, it comes off the Fire on the Mountain record. This is one of your picks, and the name of the song is Devil Horse, or to our Spanish-speaking yeah. friends, Caballo Diablo. Diablo. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, incredible record. Such a range of influences. Like, I mean... I don't know if Skinner does. We know it may have existed without like an influence. Like, I, I mean, I don't think there'd be like a drive-by truckers or I mean, like you can trace all that back to shit Charlie Daniels was doing back in the day. I, I just phenomenal. Well, a, a combination of rock and roll and Americana and Nashville that maybe was unprecedented. So I know that people are like, "How can you celebrate that <laughs> monstrous racist?" Right. Well, if this in. For, Fuck off. Billy and I are taking a minute to separate the art from the artist, and we are going to say that Charlie Daniels effing rules. So, Billy, in addition to being the guitar player from Dillinger 4, who we will hear coming up before the end of the uh, podcast, is also um, an amazing bartender, and it is with great heavy heart. We've talked on the phone since it happened that one of the places that I used to spend a great deal of time with yeah. you, <laughs> Muddy Waters is not going to be there anymore. Has someone swooped in? Was it was it more COVID or was it because that real estate has become so valuable to giant condos that there was just no way to maintain a business there? Yeah, I, I, I think COVID definitely was kind of the nail in the coffin. You know, there's... Um it, it, it's hard without without the, the support to keep those doors open, of course. you know? I mean, and I know it was a beloved place. Mm. Um, we're certainly going to miss it. I think the landscape of uptown Minneapolis in general is going to miss it. And unfortunately, you know, it um, seems to be kind of one in a row of dominoes, you know, with us losing, you know, Fujia, which has been there, what, 60, right. 60 years. I think I want to say Minneapolis's first sushi restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Herkimer has been there a couple decades, 20 plus years. That's gone. It's, um, you know, we are, our landscape is, is being severely, severely altered. And, you know, there's, we're, small business owners are being hung out to dry. You know, who's there, who's there to, to help? You know? It's, yeah, uh, no, I couldn't yeah. agree more. And so, like, when I say that I'm sad that it closed, I'm not, like, pointing fingers at anyone. These are... I'm not going to say, say it. it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not fucking saying it. These are, what if I said different times? No one says different times. It's always unprecedented. That's, that's very Midwest. Oh, well, that's different. Oh, well, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a funny thing that is. Well, that's a different haircut. Oh, that's a, that's a fun haircut. Oh, bless your heart. What a fun. Oh, what an, inter what an interesting beard. Okay, oh, wow. <laughs> so before we move on and get to today's drink, because one of the things Billy does when he joins us is makes us some cocktails, uh, and he comes up with a signature one. Before we do that, you know, with what he had to say about a local restaurant that is not part of a massive megalithic chain, you know, a lot of them are going to suffer too, but these local spots, these, I mean, like, 
you know, as you know, I was in there a bunch. Muddy Waters was part of my life, man. I, I, yeah. I went there every day, so it's not like I'm going to die without it. But I'm also going to miss it a lot, and I know you are too. I'll, I'll miss it dearly. Yeah. yeah, I know you will. So another place that sponsors the Brian Oak Show, and I cannot believe they've stuck with us through all the madness, although they've been doing pretty well, Buster's on 28th. Now, that's even closer to my house. That's three blocks away from my house. And although I was not, by no means was I there often enough to be the norm of Buster's, but they are an important part of my neighborhood. I want my neighborhood to have vibrant, independent businesses. And the only way that happens is if even through all the weirdness and the... All right, I'm not going to say it. Through all the weirdness and the heaviness and the the safety, you don't have to go sit on the porch, but they do have, I mean, you could make a reservation. You can sit on the porch. But if you just want to go online, bustersontwentyeighth.com, order some food, pick it up, get it to go. They're good there. They're absolutely obeying best practices, and their food kicks ass. And if I'm not mistaken, Sean, you can get the beer and the wine? You can get the beer and wine to go. Huh. Which is really cool that you can do that. They're still working on uh, getting hard liquor in there as well. Yeah, well, chop, chop. Let's go. <laughs> well, and they still don't have the Schnitzengruben. Schnitzengruben. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I was there, I had that, I had that Cuban. Uh-huh. And the move. One of the oh. side options is you can get apple coleslaw. Oh, yeah. And so I just put the slaw on the sandwich as I'm a fan of that crunchy texture. And Couldn't agree more. Top notch. I had that in the onion rings. Not a killer. So, oh, absolutely killer. So good. They're in, onion rings. Now, I'm going to be honest. Their onion rings are greasy as hell. But they're so freaking good. Oh, Some yeah. of the best onion rings I've had. Oh, you got it. You got. You got to have a greasy, like battered onion ring. The breaded onion ring. Get the fuck out of here with that <laughs> garbage. It's got to be See, a battered onion ring. All right. Anyway, BustersOn28.com. <laughs> Please support them because they support us. And if you enjoy listening to the show, then I would enjoy. And I'd also, even if you don't enjoy listening to the show, I'd really like to <laughs> keep them in the neighborhood. <laughs> Hello. I'd really like to keep them in my neighborhood. I like them a lot, and I go on a regular basis. Billy Morissette is our guest. Have we hit all the sponsors? Yeah. Oh, let's drink. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Capital idea, my friend. Billy, uh, before we get to your next song, you, every time you come by, um, you bring a signature cocktail because in addition to being a fierce, face-melting guitar player for legendary Twin Cities punk rock band Dillinger 4, you're also a bartender of, and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not joking here, I'm not damning you with faint praise, of considerable talents. Like, are you... Are you a Shaolin monk of bartending? I'd back you in a fight. I, well, not, I mean, but not like actually throwing any punches. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, I think I think you're very good at what you do. So, what have you prepared for us today? Today, um, I thought, um, you know, the, it was just the Fourth of July. I thought um, American drinks to me, American spirits um, scream bourbon. So we're going to do a simple, easy to make at home cocktail. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a maple bourbon smash. And we actually brought in all the ingredients in our shakers and we've got it all right here. You can make it at home. All you need um, is an ice shaker, which we've got here. And uh, take uh, take a lemon. You're going to take, for each cocktail you make, you're going to take about a quarter of a lemon, which just cut the lemon in half and then do uh, two, two slices. That'll be fine. We can throw that um, before you add any ice or anything into your shaker. Okay. And then we're going to take a bunch of uh, fresh mint, probably about Five mint leaves per cocktail that you're going to do. Um, you look like you might be on the verge of muddling. I am going to do a little muddling. And because I am such a professional, you'll see that I'm going to use the ass end of my ice cream scooper because yeah. I couldn't find my muddler at home. <laughs> Probably too much muddling last time I used it. You I know what I mean? It's been, a, it's been a summer of heavy, heavy muddling. <laughs> right. So before we uh, do anything else in that shaker, we're just going to lightly muddle um, the mint and the lemon. And you don't have to murder this stuff, guys. When you're muddling, you don't got to get in there and grind it. What we're doing with the muddling is simply releasing the oils on the mint. Put it in there and give it just a good half dozen light turns. That's it. So we're not doing like mortar and pestle. We're not trying no, to grind it into no, dust. It's not powder. All we want to do is release those fragrant oils. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, so we're going to put that in there. And then with this maple syrup, uh, we got maple syrup here. So this drink is, you know, completely... Uh, vegan. It's completely uh, gluten free. It has no refined sugars. Um, you know, the vast majority of people can have this. We're going to do about an ounce uh, per cocktail of maple syrup. Okay. We're put that right in there. And then. Of like just pure natural maple yeah, syrup. Absolutely. All right. All right. And then per cocktail, we're going to throw in about uh, two ounces of bourbon. We're using a nice 100 proof. Uh, Knob Creek here. Kerblabo. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's, well, and so here's the it's thing. It's not our first rodeo. Because, that's true. Um, you know, I 
I love Irish whiskey, and I like to drink it neat. So uh, especially 100-proof American bourbon is hard for me, mm-hmm. but mixed into a proper cocktail. So riddle me this, just because I'm curious about these things, and I am by no means the mixologist that you are. Maple syrup sounds like a wintertime thing. Why maple syrup in the summer? Just because it's such an American flavor? Yeah, I, th- I think it lends itself well to bourbon, actually, especially, um, you know, when we're doing a smash like this. A smash can really apply to almost any drink. A smash is basically your choice of spirit, whether it's vodka, you know, whiskey, bourbon, whatever, um, with some sort of, like, fruit or uh, herbaceous note in it. It's it's, it's a g- generic catch-all. And I think um, that that maple syrup just lends itself so well to that nice barrel-aged sweetness that kind of naturally occurs in bourbon anyway, that it's... Um, Especially when you get that citrus note in there. The, the, the little bit of acidity, it's fantastic. I, I love the sweet. So I'm going to let you keep working on this. Let's hear the MC5, then we'll come back and try the drink. Is that cool? Fantastic. So, I mean, legendary Detroit Rockers, MC5, who, again, are another peerless band. Now, you know, the Stooges did their thing, and a lot of great rock bands came out of Detroit Rock City. But when you think about how early the MC5 lit the fuse... There was literally nothing like them. I mean, like, people like to give Stooges credit for being the first punk rock band. Right. Mm, and, and now, and you've been in a punk rock band for 25 right. years, so I'll defer to you. Yeah. Did anyone do what the MC5 did before MC5 did? Absolutely not. I mean, you were talking in addition to the intensity and, and rousing spirit of the music. I mean, look at the relationship with John Sinclair. Look at their involvement in the White Panther political party. Look at look at the rallies around their shows. These guys were bringing politics into punk and making a, a statement both sonically and verbally and in their own community and affecting the world. I mean, they were the first fucking man in 1969. I mean, they're, they're radicals in the purest sense of the word. Um you know, kick out the jams, everyone, right? And that first record is phenomenal. But the second record, too, back in the USA, is actually their first record they did in the studio. You know, kick out the jams is a live record. And uh, this song, you know, written how many, 50, 40, 50 years ago, however More how long than 50. it was, um, it unfortunately 50-ish. still kind of defines some of our political climate going today. And unfortunately, it's still relevant. But uh, God damn, it's a banger. I got 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> so two here's, minutes. Here's the deal. I've never heard that song before. The American Ruse by MC5 and... Here's the deal. So good. Billy, yeah. Billy and Holy I are shit. both given to hyperbole. We both <laughs> we both like to say things, not necessarily in absolutes, but we are, we certainly have strong beliefs in our own opinions. Would you say that's fair? I would say that I have a certain uh, panache, I guess you would say, to uh, <laughs> you know, voice, voice, panache, voice, really? my, voice my uh, opinions with a certain amount of authority and confidence, even though I may or may not know what I'm talking about. Every, uh, I believe, <laughs> I believe the first time you said anything like that to me, there was a little day drinking going on. You're like, I have opinions. <laughs> Which is exactly right. Episode 71 of the Brian Oak Show. Before we dive into our cocktail, again, what I was trying to say is, even though given to a little hyperbole or an excitement about our own viewpoints, there's no question that MC5, easy guy, you okay? You need a towel? Oh, yeah. Okay. We're fine. Okay. That looks uh, <laughs> You just opened that seltzer bottle a little too uh, fast. Yeah. A little too fast. Um, before we get to our signature cocktail today, um... I just want to reiterate, like, so MC5, you and I both rave about, and people, like, if they go back and listen, like, nah, context is everything, right? 1969, the country is on fire like it is today, right? Absolutely. And it is, and what's different is we've had 30 to 40 years of punk rock in our lives, so it's not as shocking anymore, right? We're waiting for the next thing that becomes shocking. Sure. There was not a band like the MC5 in the late 60s in America. There just wasn't. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And while they were still very much a part of that uh, sort of like Detroit and Michigan greater greater scene, you know, I mean, I, I believe they stood head and shoulders above their peers, even the Stooges, just because of how radical they were and how involved they were in in politics. And we're talking, you know, the Stooges. I mean, don't forget, like, early Alice Cooper was right. there. You know, I mean... I mean Early Seeger, which was amazing. You know, Mitch Ryder. The I mean, Bob Seeger system. Yep, Mitch oh, Ryder in the Detroit Wheel. Absolutely. The difference is, and I think you've put a, a perfect point on it, none of those people were waving a banner. None of those right. people were waving a flag. Now, they were being anti-establishment, and they were absolutely making noise, and they were absolutely representing youth culture, but they were nowhere. there wasn't a band as political as MC5. I mean, MC5 were the dead Kennedys 15 yeah. years earlier. Right. I mean, like I said, completely radical in the truest sense of the words and bringing, bringing information and ideology to people that maybe showed up just for the music. You know, I mean, it's more than music, right? Right. Absolutely. Oh, no. The first time I was ever frightened by music <laughs> was Dead, Kenny, Dead Kennedy's Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. And I pulled out the insert and I'm looking at what's essentially like a dark fanzine on the inside and listening to the words. I'm like, wait a fucking minute. Are you telling me that not everyone's on my side? <laughs> right. Well, fuck me. Wait a minute. Like, oh, so I have to have my guard up all the time because the world <laughs> is shit and we're run by shit monsters? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the DKs, again, just so incredibly influential and and yeah to, to to hear that on record that you know the the confirmation that yeah it's a, not everyone is in your corner and you know things aren't idyllic all the time uh, it's, it's 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 crucial to to open up that mind and, and hear another point of view this is like romper room i see billy with a big smile on his face I see Sean. Does anyone remember Romper Room? I, oh, you're both a couple totally. years younger. No, Romper Room's probably a little out of your purview. I'll be 49 next week. Oof. Yeah. Hang on, baby. <laughs> How old are you, Billy? I will be 48 this August. You son of a bitch. He's got us. Yeah, well, <laughs> you both had me, and I already knew that. Um, I'm just saying, hang on. Everything that everybody told you would happen to your body when you were 40? No. 50? Oh, it's like somebody threw you down the stairs <laughs> and then put a match on top of you. <laughs> Billy Morrison is our guest. So now, Billy, we are drinking out of mason jars. And we, we are sure drinking are. something that... Here's what I like about your bartending style is that you don't ever just like... Psh, psh, er, there you go. Um, you've made this, as, as people who are chefs like to say, we eat first with the eyes. Absolutely. But I think we also do drink first with the eyes, but then we also drink first with the nose because Without scent is important. And this is gorgeous. So this is called a maple bourbon smash? Correct. Okay. Um, so it's in a mason jar, 
And it's got these lovely but not overly muddled lemons and mint in the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's got actual natural maple syrup in it. And then what are we using for booze? We're using Knob Creek. Yeah, the 100 proof American uh, American bourbon. So here's the deal. Anybody who's ever had 100 proof in their mouth before knows it's not a joke. This, like, right. this, this isn't playtime. All right. You have to know what you're doing. The way that you've mixed this. It's so light and sweet because I, I was worried. I'm like maple syrup in a right. summer drink. Yeah, mm. but the mint and lemon with the sweetness of the maple. This is oh, and then crushed ice to fill up the crushed entire glass. Crushed ice is king. Yeah, as as we pour our mixture from the mixing glass um, into our in this case mason jar. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, top it with the crushed ice. And, it's impossibly and, smooth. Yeah, like I mean, like impossibly smooth. Like I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm not a Knob Creek guy. Right. Huh. But yeah, you get. I mean, as you bring it to sip, right? You get those aromatics, right? You get the lemon. You get just the enough, mint, though. Get, like, like, and because like and, mint, like my problem with mojitos is people love to mint the living shit out mm-hmm. of those things, and it's too much. Like, yeah. it, it's oh, it's like uh, it, it's overpowering. This is perfect. It's not too lemony, not too minty, not too mapley, and so far I haven't let enough of the ice melt to water it down too much. Yes, but it's a freakishly smooth drink. It really is. It's a perfect summertime drink. I think we're gonna call this the Billy Morris set. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's too long. <laughs> Just the Billy. I like the Billy. <laughs> the Billy's go. good. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go with the Billy. I like it. I mean, I'm sure other people have made a drink similar to this, but you made this one today, and I'm That's glad right. that you're here. That's right. All right. We are going to have to wrap things up here before Ooh. too much longer. Well, I'm sorry. We can talk about more <laughs> stuff. I mean, for the last three months, we've talked so much about how this city has burned and how shitty everything is and how... The current administration seems to be what we call in the sports world flooding the zone, right? Okay. Like, so they're like, we're dismantling this environmental regulation. Oh, we're also attacking you here. Oh, we're also submitting this, like, because we're all reeling and we're all hiding at home and none of us really know how to feel or exactly what the fuck to do next. They're taking advantage of the situation. Um, but there also seems to be a little bit of a tide turn among some people. I So let me ask you this then before we wrap things up. How do you feel right now? Like, I know you're a punk rocker, so it, you are predisposed to being angry at the establishment no matter how th- how well things are going, but you're also an adult, and we all have our ups and downs, and we've all had to go through things, and I think most of us are still fairly freaking uncertain as to what, you know, next month looks like, right. three months from now looks like. How do you feel personally right now? Are you all right? I'm all right, and and it's a, it's 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 a mixture of, of things, you know. I mean, of of course, I'm still angry, and I don't think that people should stop being angry. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I have a, a swelling sense of hopefulness um, for the future. You know, I mean, people are so fed up of being lied to and cast aside that I think that anger is a crucial impetus for change. You know, and and hopefully, people really are realizing that to affect change, they have to take a part in this and, 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 and seeing, you know, seeing new registered voter numbers soar and all this, this is how this is going to get done. You know, we, we have to play the game within their rules until we can change the rules, you know? And it'd be nice to change the rules at some point. And it would be nice to see, you know, more control absorbed locally. Right. I mean, like right. that's always the bit, right. Cause then like, if I don't want to live in Alabama, I can live in Minnesota and you know, it doesn't mean it has to be everything. Look, there's there's too much lawmaking, and there are too many legislators, and there is there just there's too much of that stuff. It should be simpler than this. It should, and I shouldn't have to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> then you're a libertarian. <laughs> oh, damn it! No, that 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 part was actually a joke because I'm I'm actually I know, I know. I'm actually one of those loony lefties. Like, I'm glad to pay taxes because you know what I drive on the roads i go to the thing and do the stuff not and, trying the old uh, sovereign citizen excuse oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm traveling yeah exactly <laughs> exactly no so i i guess i just it, i feel like it should be simpler and also i'm going to say something in a loud clear voice right now and i'm not going to shout for once but i am going to say it very loudly and clearly and i am going to enunciate if you are leaving the house Wear your fucking mask. Good Lord, it's not hard. And again, the the people who are trying to paint it as some sort of conspiracy or by not wearing a mask, you're somehow fighting tyranny. God, fucking idiots. 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 Yeah, this is not an assault on your freedoms. This is, this is, these are, you know, the same people who are, are of, they think that 
someone wearing a mask is a sheep or being controlled. No, it's called I being courteous. Called, you know, I, like the I mask, got called a sheep the this mask, morning. The mask is for your safety, not mine. And, right. and that's what people don't understand. I have an immune system. Well, great. Well, maybe my grandmother doesn't. Go right. fuck yourself. Or maybe your new your friend's new baby doesn't either. And yeah. maybe they can't be exposed. It's... I got called a sheep this morning, and the the fact that someone has managed, not someone, a, a, a nation, has managed to politicize basic scientific epidemiology is mind-boggling. And again, now, if I wear a That's mask... That's the resourcefulness of the American people, Brian. Oh, <laughs> America! Great now and great tomorrow. Um, yeah, no, if if, if, if... If that's lost on people, like, I, th- there's nothing symbolic or political about it. You know, like, so if you're around people that you know, you've been slathering on hand sanitizer, cool. Walking through a park or going to a store for goddamn sure, put your fucking mask on. Now, it's not a guarantee that it's going to save everyone's life, but what we're trying to do is mitigate the odds, right? Isn't that, I mean, that's the whole playing the approximation game is all of life, right? It's really just about self-centeredness, and that's what I think the, the, the biggest challenge is right now is that how do I convince somebody who's really self-centered to not be really self-centered? Because that therein lies the problem is that they're, they're just what Billy said. I mean, my mother's had three kinds of cancer, and she has congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. If people around me aren't wearing masks and they infect me, then I can't go see mom for a while for a very long time, and she's already lonely enough. So Ugh. it's the it's just that the opposite of self-centeredness then is, is other-centered. It's like, how the fuck? Think for a fucking minute about the other people you affect in your life. It's not that fucking tough to put that's, a mask on. Who gives a shit? That's what it comes down to, yeah. right? Consideration. Those memes where it's like walking through a crowd of mask wearers, like I have an uh, immune system. It, oh. it, it's, it's the exact opposite of understanding. It is, it's not even propaganda. There's... There's like sort of a cognitive dissonance there. It's very, very strange. And the way you put it is perfect. So even if I know that wearing the mask I wore all day today, every time I went to a store, went to do a thing, um, if I knew, you know, they're like, ah, it's only like 75% safe. Well, it's a hell of a lot better, man. It's a war of attrition, right? I mean, and guess what? Everywhere they've opened up so far, massive new spikes. So... I will go back to my original statement before we wrap up and say, wear the fucking mask. Put it on your face if you go outside. And if you don't, America, man. So the whole notion of freedom, what people love to do is say, I'm free to do whatever the fuck I want. and Everyone's got to pay attention. Now, freedom's way, way, way more complex than that. Freedom means you get to do what you want so so long as you don't harm another. But then you also have to find the strength of character and the virtue of heart to be able to let other people do what they want, even if you can't fucking stand it. That's what freedom is. That's fucking America. That's why punk rock is important. And I'm glad Billy Morris said this with me. Absolutely. When the three of us were in high school, there was always some dumbass who would walk by and he'd just wrap you in the nuts as he walked uh, by. I oh. think anybody not wearing a mask right now, we're allowed to bring back <laughs> the nut wrap. Am I, am I allowed to knock their books out of their hands? <laughs> yeah, knock I, their books out of their hands. Just I wrap them quick in the nuts. I didn't get wrapped in the nuts Jackass. too often, but I did get the... I did get the trapper keeper knocked out of my arm quite often. Trapper keeper, yeah. Oh my goodness, Billy! Um, (laughs) You are, in addition to being a music, I mean, both of your vectors to market are effectively shut down. Yeah. So has has Dark Horse, where you still work, have they opened up that patio, or is it too soon? No, patio has been open, and I'm I'm very very happy to to say that Dark Horse is is taking all precautionary measures very very seriously um we've moved um all the furniture is properly social distance we're sanitizing everything staff is wearing masks you know when when you when you come in when you're leaving when you're going to the restroom wear a mask you know um i like to come and visit you at um in uptown but dark horse it's other the, yeah. other than maybe the local, my favorite bar to sit in and do a little healthy day it's, drinking. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful patio. It is. Um, please, people, feel free to swing into beautiful Lower Town St. Paul and come visit us. Um, it's 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 a great bar. It's great food. It's a great staff. We're taking uh, distancing and safety precautions very, very seriously. Call ahead. Get a reservation. Well, um. <laughs> I mean, you have to, though, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we're trying to time these things out, but we've also, if there are places you love... You gotta you gotta lean in a little bit on this one, especially if you've still been employed the whole time. You got a little disposable income. We're doing a lot less. My God, I think I've filled my gas tank twice since February. <laughs> wow. I, honestly, it, oh, it's wow. ridiculous. Um, 
The other thing I want to ask you before we get to the final song by a rather interesting band that you may have heard of called Dillinger 4. So as a musician as well, I know that you're also part of Butcher's Union. Um, you have an acoustic side project called... Mm. <laughs> I almost said something so wildly inappropriate because <laughs> it was the first thing that popped in my head. You want to. I know you want to. He's just contemplating right now. Yeah. Is just... it worth a Patreon member for? <laughs> we might lose more than one. <laughs> You're also the side man in an acoustic side project called Beethoven's Pussy. Um, I uh, don't do that. I'm totally leaving that in. All right, leave it in there. It's fine. Uh, none of that's true, except for the, the first the part. The, the, the world's first uh, classical feline-based band. <laughs> it's there one you one go. You saved only, it, Billy. We're, we're actually furries. Only songs about cats played on cello by men dressed as cats. Exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, before we go, you are a musician in bands, and I know that it's probably no longer your primary source of income but i also know from having seen you you relish playing there's no way to know maybe it's four months maybe it's two years there's yep. no way to know what's it like as a as a musician not knowing what your musical future looks like well i don't think that the lack of playing live is really going to dissuade people from being you know I'll, I'll use the term loosely for myself. Uh, musicians, you know, I, I, I think people are still going to write songs and, and play them, whether it's to themselves or to a crowd, for the most part. I know us, you know, we, we and I don't want to talk out of turn or, or too much here, you know, but, you know, we're, uh, we're pretty long in the tooth between releases these days. And, and, you know, we're trying to come up with the plan to, to actually get together and maybe try to do some writing ourselves. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a time to maybe um, try to embrace the, the the freedom that you have from being on the clock and and try to maybe stretch out those boundaries and try new things and i think coming down the line we're going to see a lot of interesting bold new music i think we might see some some things that are maybe unexpected from from you know respected and revered long-term artists and i think we're going to see a lot of new cool new projects coming up um just like everything else especially the punk scene you know music music has to reinvent itself you know like um in the punk scene you know DIY spaces, basements, they go away, and that's great because it gives a new, young, fresh voice a time to make something for their own. You know, DIY, right? Do it yourself. And I think that promotes creativity and freedom, and uh, and I think, I think we're going to see um, a lot of cool shit coming down the line. Sean, to me, what I just heard is I have a new um, funk jazz fusion record that I'm working on that is all guitar solos. What's it called? <laughs> No, not me. I'm talking about this guy over oh, here. Oh, okay. All right. A little slap action, a little fusion, a little jazz. And it's I, supposed I, to say Spinal Tap and Puppet Show. <laughs> if I told them once. Uh, and I don't mean to diminish what you said because I think you're absolutely right. And I guess I've been waiting for that for a long time. Like, I love rock and roll. Like, I know you do. We both love power pop. We yeah. love punk rock. We like... The evolution. We both like loud freaking guitars, right? Yep. Give me a loud guitar and a hook. I'm there. And, you know, in the early 90s, I had friends who were part of the rave scene, and there's a lot of techno I like, and there's a lot of electronic music I like, dance music, 80s new wave stuff, a lot of old school country I like. But it feels like, since everything else is upside down right now, I mean, what's the next thing, man? What's it going to be? Boy, tell no, me, that's... tell me it's not gongs. Tell me it's <laughs> no. not like a gong orchestra. <laughs> no, that's uh, boy, that's, uh, that's but, a, but that's, that's a big question, thing. right? But, but you don't, you never know. Like even right. when every new thing that came along, you know, uh, jump jazz, uh, early rock and roll, Dwayne Eddy, I, anything. I mean, pick it. Like no one would ever have said, "Well, this is what the future looks like," right? And it, it's um, it's weird. So I just, I hope, I just hope it's good. Because the yeah. last thing I want is to be that guy in my dotage with my white hair going, oh, music today. <laughs> oh. Right? I mean, the, yeah, the future of music probably looks like some 14-year-old kid sitting in their bedroom. You know, look at how Billie Eilish revolutionized music just a True. couple of years ago, you know? I mean, and we're both fans, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. love that record. Oh, man, that record is so good. And if you're interested, I work now at a record store called Mill City Sound, and there is a uh, rare version of her first record available for $114. Ooh, wow. So 
Yeah, I won't be getting that one either. <laughs> My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. Sean, it's good to see you. Good to see you, too. I'm coming to the record store soon because I'm getting a fucking turntable finally. Nice. <gasps> finally. Good man. Good yep, man. I'm making the move. Nice. Well, I, and you know what? I know a guy. So when you come in, look around. Maybe don't pull the trigger on it right away mm. and ask mm. your friend to bring it home for you because I know a guy. Can Actually, you tell Rob, me his name after the show. I, I sure will. Uh, Rob, Rob, by the way, if you heard that, I would never, ever do that to the store. Um, Billy Morissette, it yes. is lovely to see your oh, face, man. so good to be here. I, you, haven't, I haven't seen Absolutely. you face to face and had a drink with you in a very long time. Before I let you go and we hear some Dillinger 4, tell me the name of the drink again. The maple bourbon smash, maple bourbon smash, and it's delicious. The, the fastest, uh, the, the crushed ice is crucial. By totally, the way, right? it, it's yeah. totally crucial because it helps. And normally, like I like Irish whiskey, I'm like I'm a man. I'm right. drinking a man's drink. Um, the mint not overly muddled. The lemons not overly muddled. And then we've got actual maple syrup. What an ounce in here? Yeah, about about an ounce to every two ounces of bourbon. Okay, and then two ounces of bourbon, and then filled with crushed ice. This is delicious. I'm very happy to have seen your face, and not just because I'm drinking in the middle of the day. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, good to see you. So before we go, Dillinger 4, they got their start quite a while ago here in the Twin Cities, but international acclaim, and I don't think that's overstating the case. No, we've been fortunate enough to kind of go everywhere, you know, um, uh, all throughout Europe, Japan, you know, several times, uh, the UK, Scotland. Um. Let me ask you this. So I, I'm, I'm really trying to wrap this up, Sean. I swear to God. <laughs> right. um, but, but, you know, so when, like when you go to Japan, I know that there are Japanese people who enjoy a wide variety of music. But I also like, so my old co-host, Carrie Noble, she would go to play in Japan and nobody would applaud through the entire show. And it was quiet. So when you go to play in Japan or when you have played in Japan, I mean, is it a circle pit? Is it? Is it chaos the whole time, or is it people sitting with their hands politely in their lap? Sort of a, a, a fair in between, like definitely thunderous applause, some 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 boisterous activity, but not as much maybe as American crowds, but um, certainly not just the deathly silent and then a, a, right. applaud. I mean, yeah, people in the punk scene more are, are are a little more active, and especially in Japan, you know, they have a they have a huge Japanese hardcore scene with some just crazy crazy stuff, things right. like. Gauze and other bands that like melt banana that oh, kind of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. but um but yeah we, we've we've done everything from our own diy tours there to uh actually like uh doing stadiums opening up for green day in japan so like yeah fantastic <laughs> yeah. news yeah. well then i think if you're a band that's big enough to not only be big in japan but open up for green day uh and be on the brian oak show i mean that's let's right. be honest that's right. um let's hear some dillinger four tell me something about this song, this record, anything, the reason you picked this to round out today's show. Right, so this track is um, the last song on our first record. Uh, the record is Midwestern Songs of the Americas. Uh, this song is The Great American Going on a Business Sale. Mm. Um, this record came out in 98. 98 was a big year for us. You know, we were all 25, 26 years old. Um, this record, which is our first LP, came out. We'd only done, you know, local seven inches. Um yeah, this record came out. The Triple Rock opened up later that year. Eric became a bar owner at only 26 years old. Wow! And 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 you know and and the Triple Rock opened on D4. It opened on December 4th, 1998. D4 and was it were, Blondies before that? It was Blondies. Yeah, okay. yeah. And you were the last band to ever play there too, right? We, yep. I mean, we, I know we, your affiliation with that place is close. I know that place was near yeah, and dear to the your bar, heart. Yeah, the bar the bar opened on D4, December 4th, 98. The venue I think came in 2005, and the first show was. The Monarchs, which featured uh, Nate Gremdahl from the Selby Tigers and other local bands, uh, Lifter Fuller Reunion, and the Mountain Goats. That was the first show. Honest to God, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, good for you, Billy. <laughs> um, it's actually wonderful to see you, man. It's great to see you. And, uh, yeah, again, uh, the, this song I just want to send out to, you know, people who are feeling disillusioned or not heard or not seen. Um, you are heard. You are scene and you're not alone and uh again unfortunately these lyrics still ring true all these decades later so um here's to making them irrelevant huh center the judgment will overtake all in a split second you too are guilty and will experience the devastating damnation of this doomsday experience however there is even stronger evidence to suggest from past analysis that our nation is specifically mentioned and pinpointed for oblivion We'll